I'm Kate Daniels, and I am really happy to have as a guest this morning, J.O., a certified financial planner, chartered life underwriter, and a chartered financial consultant. He is the managing principal of GH2 Benefits in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and works with individual and commercial clients nationwide. J.O. is the chair of the Great Humanity Healthcare Foundation, a 5013C organization that provides financial relief to insured persons saddled with medical debt. And on top of this, J.O. is also an author and joins us this morning with his book, Maximize Your Medicare, Understanding Medicare, Protecting Your Health, and Maximizing Costs. So let's get right to it. J.O., good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. It's my privilege, Kate. Thank you so much. And I must say right off that I am so grateful that you have this uh, passion, this interest, uh, and then the talent to be able to express this in terms of the, a book, books that you've written and spending time with us this morning. And that's talking about health insurance, and I, which I think is like this boondoggle for too many of us, and yet it's so critically important in our lives, obviously. It is a vital input to anyone's well-being on a number of levels, health insurance being a financial contract, which is a really complicated thing for many people. People get worried, and people are intimidated, and there's lots of misinformation in the world. That's what Maximize Your Medicare is set to disarm, to empower people, to give them the proper information so they can make decisions for themselves. And so, you know, when we think Medicare, we're thinking in terms generally uh, of retirement age and and of course, with baby boomers uh, advancing more into that area, more and more of us are, are fitting into that. So it's really affecting a lot of people. And, you know, of course, it affects families, family members trying to help parents and such uh, navigate all of this. But we're also looking at this as a prospect for our own, the general population, right, as we come to, toward another election year in a couple of years, that kind of thing, we have the candidates discussing Medicare that would affect uh, the entire general population. I think you've got it exactly right, Kate. So Maximize Your Medicare, which, and the book site is MaximizeYourMedicare.com, is a book really written for the population you described, meaning persons considering retirement, how to think through their rights and options, how to avoid problems, avoid penalties that never end, for example. And then in addition to that, what you pointed out about adult age children is a very important fact, meaning that you may, I have a mother who is Medicare eligible. She asked me, Jay, what should I do? Well, I'm informed but Medicare looks similar to other health insurance. The issue that is that it works differently. So trying to distinguish, trying to make sure that people understand what those differences are is really what Maximize Your Medicare is actually all about. And so I think what we have here is uh, like a map or guideposts for us to use along the way because it is, obviously, so directly affects our life, and we need to be as informed as we can be about it. And this is not going away anytime soon, Kate. I think uh, most people who 
you know, observe what is going on in current events now are seeing that Medicare is a word in the everyday lexicon, meaning an everyday word, especially as, you know, the opposing party tries to, you know, formulate and clarify its position on government's role in healthcare and health insurance markets, how they communicate that uh, as, you know, they try to represent it's the Democratic Party in opposition to the, you know, incumbent president. And here is something, too, that it, the struggle being when it affects our very life, how can we be having such uh, battles over it and then it potentially having such high costs? I mean, all of that rolls into it, and we just need to... Uh, all get on the same page and kind of in the same direction that we want to support all people having the best uh, health care available, don't we? And it's going to, health care is the most complicated of issues, which is why I thought that you did a very graceful job of describing the fact that Medicare is about health insurance, because the political debate is really about the government's role in health care as a whole, meaning does the government divide the dollar, if you will, the financial aspect, whereas Medicare and health insurance, whether that be from a big national carrier or a specific carrier, those are financial contracts, and they, the two are different, but the issue then, the real almost ideological debate is going to come later, which is what is the government's role in healthcare, and it's difficult to try to get everyone on the same page there. That is, there are fundamental differences, almost, and I don't know. We don't know at the moment whether or not we're going to be able to get a consensus, a plurality, a, a meeting of the minds, if you will. Well, we certainly are experiencing a lot of not meeting of the minds. So, <laughs> I think that's fair. That's a very fair statement, yes. So what, I think perhaps then, if we can have just so much better insight, which I feel when you are devoting yourself to really researching this and writing about it with books such as Maximize Your Medicare, you know, you're coming to us with information we can learn, and then I think we can perhaps become part of the debate and, and really uh, be part of finding that solution, pushing in the right direction. Is that Does that make sense? I, I, I think you're exactly right, which is precisely why you know, I'm so happy to be here with you today, because if we can have people understand what, what Medicare actually is, how it actually works, then at least we can formulate an accurate debate rather than, you know, as you know, in our nation now, we've got a nation that scans websites and listens to sound bites. Well, that becomes difficult when the topic is this important, this big, not only to people's lives on an individual level, but of course, healthcare spending almost a fifth of the U.S. economy. So, as a result, the ripple effects here touch every aspect of life from a number of different perspectives. Too important to simply get a 140-character you know, opinion and assimilate that. Oh well, here is going to be my position going forward. 
and here's what I believe, because that may not be the full set of facts necessary to make decisions. Great. So we're going to try in in <laughs> at least unravel some of this uh, in in a very short period of time, knowing that, of course, more uh, thorough information is available, of course, through the book. Again, maximize your Medicare, and then from your website as well. Yes, I think what people have from all walks of life, meaning the highly educated, very well-off persons to Medicaid beneficiaries, the beauty of Medicare is that it does not discriminate. In other words, the rights and options, the rules, the language, they apply equally irrespective of whatever your background is irrespective of your health situation is, I think some of the reason for the popularity in today's world uh, on the headlines and some of the reasons that the political aspirants are using Medicare as the word, if you will, is because they understand that for these almost 60 million existing Medicare beneficiaries, that Medicare ultimately works. Now, that doesn't mean that every stakeholder is happy. Certainly, I I think that that is not the case. Nevertheless, for the beneficiaries, which is the largest voting, the largest generation in American history, the largest voting block in American history, is largely happy. That's my feedback. And that, like I said, it cuts a swath across not only persons who are very well off, but persons who are living solely on Social Security as well. There's a right, there is an option, one that fits, one that can work if people understand the rules correctly, which I think is the appeal here and is obvious appeal to a person who wants to take residence in the White House, for sure. And, of course, it's the thing that... Uh makes so much sense because we're talking about people's lives and right and they're and making it so that um their whole life is uh, and their livelihood isn't put into covering health care costs because medicare doesn't come with no fee i mean once a person reaches retirement age of course uh their medicare becomes available but we need more than just the Medicare, even at that point. When I describe Medicare to persons who are approaching the age of 65, and nowadays, as you know, Kate, it's not only just retirement, because what you have is a increasing percentage of persons who are going to be working full-time as beyond the age of 65, and that is especially true because Social Security full retirement age has increased to higher than 65. So as a result, more people are working beyond the age of 65. I don't think there's any going back from that. Now, the fact is is that Medicare itself, I would say, if I had to characterize, is a very good building block, very good, meaning that it is a low-cost cornerstone if you will, to a house that someone builds as they try to protect themselves. That said, it's not complete. And how you complete your house is up to you based on the materials, the resources you have, 
whether or not you have the rules to understand how to build the home. So do you have the right building permits? Do you have the right materials, raw materials, etc.? that will affect your decision on how you build a house and in much the same way, a Medicare configuration. And again, the beauty and grace of Medicare as it currently stands is the fact that the, the add-ons to the cornerstone are available and the rules are largely, largely in favor of the consumer, overwhelmingly so, if people understand how the rules work. That is such a great metaphor. You are such a great teacher in terms of really, uh, you know, presenting this to us, Jay. So thank you greatly for that piece of it. And so as you explain this, it, it seems to me to be logical to take that building block and it's a certain fee at a retirement retirement age, but it seems that yeah, it would make sense that we could use that block all along the way um, with the add-ons, how we ever want to uh, make that house more beautiful or as large as we want or as simple as we want uh, and make it fit for the entire population. And so now we'll enter the debate and the ripple effects because all stakeholders will not be affected in the same way. In other words, what we can do is we can attach points. We can connect the dots to understand where the stresses of the system are going to be because we have those stresses today in the Medicare system. For example, the doctors and hospitals, the healthcare providers are notably stating that the payment rates, their compensation rates from the federal government from the Medicare system are not sufficient, that they're lower than the existing private health insurance system compensation rates. And you can say, well, they have lots of money, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to remind you that, and, and all persons, and I say this again when I present in public, the choice of you're trying to do is I think we can all agree, irrespective of our political views, that our society requires physicians. Well, if you're a 20-year-old person who wants to enter into medical school, you are looking at 15 more years and, and hundreds of thousands of dollars of cost plus opportunity cost in order to achieve that, plus competition. So now it's not as simple. I tell persons rhetorically, I say, let's pretend this is your grandchild. Says, Grandma, Grandpa, I want to be medical doctor. And that's the list you have to roll out in front of them. Now it becomes more difficult. So in other words, the ripple effects to the stakeholders are not trivial. And even in its existing state as currently proposed, for example, Medicare for America, I don't think that that will be its final version. I don't think that that's possible. So taking that into account, and that is totally, I think we can feel it's justifiable for the doctors who've you know spent so many years and the educational costs are so high but wouldn't some of that be recouped as people need to purchase additional insurances which would would be more private aren't they in the private reign well the, the compensation for health insurance and here's where exactly why I like the way that we've started this conversation here today Kate meaning that Health insurance, not health care. 
meaning that what ends up happening is the doctors are paid under Medicare under agreed-upon rates, and those rates are set ultimately primarily by the federal government, the CMS, which is short for Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. They are basically the price setter. The issue is is that if you're a commercial person and you have one dominant price setter, and if you continue to extend this over and over and you extend it further, you get to Medicare for all, which means you have a single price determinant saying that you are the provider of services, this is your rate, and that being the federal government. And now you can understand that commercial parties, whoever you are, you could be the farmer, a a corn farmer, you would have certain discomforts. That would be understandable. And so we are going to have this situation about what the right balance is, and that is not going to be a simple debate. Uh, We're not going to settle it here. I think that is more than fair. But my goal, uh, Maximize Your Medicare, and you know, the Maximize Your Medicare newsletter, which is a free newsletter, is set out there to clarify these terms, clarify exactly what is being sent out in as heavily politicized messages to distill facts from fiction. And that's what, again, if we become informed, then we can have a much more intelligent debate. And, you know, idealistically, my thought is, you know, we'll come up with what would be a good solution, at least, if not a great solution. Maybe we'd be moving in the right direction. Certainly, I think that you know, we have that hope together. Um, and that is largely if people are correctly informed and the number of under or uninsured declines, certainly the ripple effect is that the rest of all of us will benefit, which is makes healthcare the most unique topic because normally when you have some piece of financial information and you're somebody else doesn't, that is usually in your best interest. So you end up, safeguarding it, keeping it, keeping it secret. Under healthcare, that's different. And the reason is if your neighbor knows what they're facing, how to deal with it better, then you benefit. And the reason is because the likelihood of your neighbor leaving an unpaid bill at the doctor or hospital declines. And that is better for not only for the neighbor, but it's also better for you. That makes healthcare cost control and our debate in the public view very, very different than most financial topics. Very different. Yes, that is a such a key area where we're really thinking about everyone, each and every person's well-being, their health. And so when we think about that and and that kind of care and being able to then um, really manage those costs, it it brings to mind how there have been abuses of the system. There, like these fake companies, come up and are at least I've seen that like on sixty minutes in the past. Uh, If that truly is happening. that is such a waste of money. If there were a way to have those controls, wouldn't that also be helping 
this, you know, general majority of us? I think that a couple of things. First of all, the Affordable Care Act introduced the notion of medical loss ratio, which, and it's a technical term, it's a jargon term, I recognize that, but basically what it mandates is it requires health insurance companies to pay 80 to 85% of its total received premium on claims. Now, there are accusations of misuse or abuse of that, for example, because of you know very complicated things beyond the scope of today. That said, I don't want to leave persons with the notion that we should be overly suspicious here because the flip side is the carriers themselves are also subject to tremendous amounts of competition. In other words, even in Seattle, for example, if someone's first turning 65, I mentioned add-ons to houses. The add-ons to houses can be identified, and for a person who is newly turning 65, a female, you can find four, five, six sellers within $15 a month. So it's not as if there is just one seller of these additional materials for your house running amok, making up prices randomly. That does not exist. The world is too competitive. The sellers are super smart. They have unlimited computing power, unlimited legal resources, but yet are subject to each other's competition. And so that is also part of the grace of Medicare, meaning that these add-ons to the house that I described earlier, they are highly competitive. And so that allows consumers to be able to choose the appropriate selection for themselves and their situation. So that then it, it can also become so complicated for us making those choices. Um, and with health and... <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> that is quite true. And, and but the thing is, um, because these have to be changed every year, we have to re-sign up. Basically, that gives us a little bit of a safety net, doesn't it? It certainly does. And so, Maximize Your Medicare has written about that, meaning that once you understand the rules, going about selecting can be complicated, but. If you, again, understand the framework, then you can actually have a framework, a way to understand, and a way to select. Now, my professional firm, yes, do we do this for persons nationwide? The answer to that is yes. By that same token, some persons are never going to call you know, evil people, evil financial people like me. But we recognize that. That's still okay due to the idea that it, we're still better off if people have the right information. But yes, there's certainly flexibility, consumer rights to be able to change plans uh, every year within the federally dictated rule, the federally defined rules. And if people do understand what they are doing, they can use the fact that the sellers are competing this you know, fiercely amongst each other to choose the best selection or choose the selection that is most fitting to changing circumstance. So, for example, let's say you got ill or you had a very bad health year. Will you be able to adjust due to your medication 
prescription coverage? The answer under Medicare is yes, you can do that. So that is contingent on knowing how the rules work and kind of fighting against the idea of this, you know, old age old clause phrase of set it and forget it. That I think has now become, you know, quite obsolete. It was obsolete before, even more so now. And so it is obsolete. I mean, people who had this say, I don't know, would it have been 20, some more than 20 years ago? I don't even know. (laughs) So that doesn't exist. They have that option of changing. It's it's more mentality, Kate, in the sense that I understand that human nature is that they don't like they don't like change. But from a financial point of view, because of the, our discussion here today, because of the moving parts, 60 million, yet a number of sellers who want to compete for market share, which favors you, rules in the consumer's behavior. It doesn't make practical sense to just simply say, I've now set my configuration, I will put it into the drawer and in five years, it will be just as good, it will be it's just as efficient for me from either a financial point of view or, and then, of course, the health care, whether or not it provides the standard of care at the cost that is most suitable for you. To say that you can put yourself in a time capsule and then go five years forward and everything has been the same, that doesn't make sense given what we've discussed here earlier. Exactly. Yes. And so as time moves forward, everything keeps changing, it seems, even more rapidly. And uh, and our own health. I mean, just, you know, on a spin of a dime, all of a sudden something can happen. And all of a sudden we've been doing great and uh, life changes course. So, so many factors come into it. And I'm so happy that you know, we've largely kept away from saying one political ideology is superior to another because Maximizer Medicare is really written to not be a political book. What it is is that there's certain factors which are much bigger than that in the United States. 60 million people as Medicare beneficiaries, 10,000 people a day turn 65 every day. That will not stop for over the next decade. So as a result, that's the forest, if you will. We can discuss whether or not Medicare Advantage is superior or Medigap or Prescription Part D, which is the standalone prescription plan, and these are all elements of the house, the add-ons to the house. Nevertheless, it's convenient and easy to find someone to blame, but the reality is it's just a stress on the system as a whole dictated, given to us by the demographic fiscal facts, 60 million people on Medicare now, 10,000 people a day, something Medicare for all, Medicare for more, trying to address Medicare for America, I should say, trying to address the somewhere around 14 million Americans who who have no insurance. And then even employees of, of companies who are being charged an amount which they, that may create substantial financial stress on their daily lives. Healthcare is that topic where it 
basically crosses the widest set of American society. That's why this conversation, the conversation we are about to have, will be the defining topic. I don't think there's any question now. For the next couple of years, this will be the defining topic of the upcoming election, both on selection of candidates and the ultimate result. So I think that that's definitely clear-sighted vision as to what to expect. And if... if cut an obvious. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes the obvious is not so obvious. But uh, to state it up front and to then say, now here, become informed, become educated, because you're either dealing with it, going to deal with it, or you know someone that you are close to that is dealing with it. Plus, it, it could be our own future. So, J.O., you have definitely given us a means to become so much better informed, and I can't state how greatly, uh, enough how greatly I appreciate the fact that you do this work and that you're so eloquent about it with us this morning. Kate, the privilege is all mine. So let's mention uh, the website once again. MaximizeYourMedicare.com. There is a free newsletter. It comes out every Saturday Some in Seattle that will arrive somewhere in the mid-afternoon. It's free, and it is that path that people can communicate not only for themselves, but they can pass it and share it with a friend, share the links on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, because every extra piece of unbiased, correct information is helpful not only for the person, but for the people around them can't state that strongly enough. So once again, J.O., thank you so greatly for your work and for your time with us this morning. It has just been so illuminating. Terrific information. Thank you so much, Kate.